we're going to continue what we've been doing over the past few months. We're just reading through scripture. We're just reading through scripture. We've gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and now we're on the tail end of the book of Joshua. So we spend about 20, 30 minutes reading, and then we spend some time reflecting. And then whatever time is afforded to us, we'll spend some time as well in uh, in, in prayer. Um, I may pray for a couple of you guys. We'll see. We'll see what's afforded to us since I've got some engagements today as well. And so... Um, Either way, my priority for you guys is to just spend the time in the word. That's really my priority. I want to empower you. Uh, I want to empower you so that you can uh, learn to move in the power and the grace of God and to be transformed. And to to do that, it requires you to change your perspective um, of his scripture, to know who he is and what he is saying and what he's revealing about himself. So I I know that this uh, this time that we spent together has been profoundly transformative for many of you as you've been engaging in this. And, and I know that for many of you, and I've gotten messages from a lot of you that have said, the read and rant has changed my entire perspective of the Bible. I'm so grateful for this. And so for me, I'm encouraged by that. I know that it's um, bringing... Uh, bringing value to you and it's uh and it's bringing restoration and healing to you uh for many of you it's just the bible just wasn't taught uh to you in this way and um and so and notice that all i'm doing is simply just reading through the text <laughs> um, and so that's what i want to do i want to read through it because it's powerful in doing so eventually we'll 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 move into some other things, maybe do some Bible study as well and get a little bit deeper into the text to see what the text is really saying, because I think sometimes we 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 lose that as well. Um, But this alone is the most important endeavor for you, Um, even if you don't understand every little thing that you read, every nuance, even if, if you don't understand every word that you're reading. This alone is profoundly transformative for you. So I'm just journeying with you in the reading of the word today. We're going to read and we're reading from a meditational Posture, meaning we're reading, asking God three questions. Lord, what are you revealing concerning yourself? Second question is, Lord, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, is Lord, what are you revealing concerning me? Discern my thoughts and my intentions. Okay. And that's really what we want to do today. We want to just engage in that way. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to read and then we'll hear what the Lord has to say. We'll be in Joshua 18. Father, I just ask today as we read your word, Lord, that you would bless us in this time. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you have given us the gift of your spirit. Lord, that you've poured your spirit upon us, Lord, that we're able to simply read your word for what it says. And in and in time, Lord, receive revelation of who you are. So, Father, bless us today as we read your word. Reveal to us your heart, your will, your character. Reveal to us our heart and our will and our character and how it needs to be transformed and corrected, Lord. Exhort us where we need exhortation. Build us up, Father, where we need to be built up. Father, we ask so that you would convict us where we need conviction. Just, Lord, give us what we need for today. Give us our quotidian bread. Give us our daily bread today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's get right to it, fam. Verse one, Joshua 18, verse one. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together in Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, how long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers has given you 
Pick out from among you three men of each tribe, and I will send them. And they shall rise and go through the land, surveyed according to their inheritance, and come back to me. And they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south. And the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory on the north. You shall therefore survey the land in seven parts and bring the survey here to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord your God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. And Gad and Reuben and half of the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. Then the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who were who went to survey the land, saying, Go walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here before the land of Shiloh. So the men went, passed through the land, and wrote the survey in a book in seven parts by cities, and they came to Joshua at the camp of Shiloh, in Shiloh. Then Joshua cast lots there in Shiloh before the Lord, and there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. Now the land of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families, and the territory of their lot came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, and their border went up to the side of the Jordan of the north and went up through the mountains westward. It ended at the wilderness of Beth Aven. The border went from there towards Luz, to the side of Luz, which is Bethel, southward. And the border descended to Adaroth and Adar, near the hill that lies on the south side of the lower Beth Haran. Then the border extended around the west side to the south from the hill that lies between Beth Haran southward, and it ended at Kirjath Baal, which is Kirjath Jerim, near, uh, oh, sorry, a city of the children of Judah. This was the west side. The south side began at the end of Kirjath Jerim. And the border extended on the west and went out to the spring of the waters of Nephtoah. The border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the son of Hinnom and the valley of Hinnom to the, to the side of the Jebusite city on the south and descended to En-Rogel. And it went from the north, sorry, it went around from the north, went out to En-Shemesh and extended towards Geliloth, which is before the ascent of Adumim and descended to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then it passed toward the north side of Arabah and went down to Arabah, and the border passed along the north side of Beth Hogla. Then the border extended, or sorry, ended at the north side by the Salt Sea, at the south end of the Jordan. This was the southern boundary. The Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to its boundaries all around according to their families now the cities of the tribe of Benj- of of the children of benjamin according to their families were jericho beth hagla and mekazes beth araba zemaram zemaraim bethel avim para afra sephar hamani afni and gaba 12 cities with their villages gibeon rama biroth mispah Shepira, Moza, Rechem, Erpil, Terala, Zela, Eleph, Jebus, which is Jerusalem, Gebeth, and Kerjath, fourteen cities in their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin, 
according to their families. Hmm. Joshua 19. A second law came for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. They had the inheritance of Beersheba, Sheba, Molda, Hazar Shual, Bala, Azem, Eltalad, Bethuel, Hormah, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Labaoth, and Shauhen, thirteen cities and their cities, Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashan, four cities and their villages, and all the villages that were all around these cities, as far as Balath, Beer, Ramah of the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon according to their families. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah, for the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. The third lot came out for the children of Zebulun, according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was as far as Sarid. Their border went toward the west and to Marla, went to Dabasheth, and extended along the brook that is east of Jokanium. Then Sarid went eastward toward the sunrise along the border of Chisloth Tabor, and went out towards Dabarath, passing Japhia, and from there it passed along the east to Gath Hefer, towards Eth Kazin, and extended to Rimon, which borders on Nea. Then the border went around, went around it on the north side of Hananoth, and it extended in the valley of Jiphtath El. Included were Katah, Nahalal, Shimron, Adela, and Bethlehem, twelve cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulon according to their families, these cities with their villages. The fourth lot came out to Issachar, for the children of Issachar according to their families, and the territory went to Jezreel, and included Jesaloth, Shenum, Hephraim, Shion, Anaharath, Rabith, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, En Ganim, En Hada, and Beth Perez, and the border reached to Tabor, Shazama, and Beth Shemesh. Their border ended at the Jordan, extended cities within with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar, according to their families, the cities and their villages. The fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, and their territory included. Helkath, Hali, Betin, Akshaf, Alamalek, Ahmad, and Mishal. It reached out to Mount Carmel westward, along Brook Shehor, Libnath. It turned toward the sunrise to Beth Dagon, and it reached to Zebulon, and to the valley of Jiphtath El, then toward, then northward beyond, sorry, Beth Amek and Nilel, passing Kabul which was on the left, including Ebron, Rehob, Hamon, and Cana, as far as greater Sidon, or Sidon. And the border turned to Ramah, and the fortified city of Tyre. And the border turned to Hosea, Hosa, sorry, and ended at the sea in the region of Akzib. 
also Uma, Afek, and Rehob were included 22 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families, their cities with their villages. Verse 32. The sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali. For the children of Naphtali, according to their families and their border, began in Halef, enclosing the territory from the terebinth tree in Zanaim. Sorry, Zanaim. Adami, Nekeb, Abniel. As far as Lakum, it ended at the Jordan. From Halef, the border extended westward to Asnath Tabor and went out from towards Hakuk. It adjoined Zebulon on the south side of Asher on the west side and ended at Judah by the Jordan toward the sunrise. And the fortified cities of Zedim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Shinareth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazor, Kadesh, Edrei, En Hazor, Iron, Migdal El, Horem, Beth Anath, Beth Shemesh, 19 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Naphtali, according to their families, the cities and their villages. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. And the territory of their inheritance was Zorah, Eshtal, Ir Shemesh, Shaloh Labim, Ajalon, Kathla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, Eltekeh, Gibbethon, Baalath, Jehud, Bene Barak, Gath Rimon, Me Gurkhan, Jerkon, sorry, and Rakan, with a region near Joppa, and the border, and the children of Dan went beyond these, because the children of Dan went up to fight against Lasham and took it, and they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Lashem Dan, after the name of Dan their father. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families, these cities with their villages. When they had made an end dividing the land as an inheritance among them to Joshua, the son of Nun, according to the word of the Lord, with the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for, Timnath Surah, the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt in it. These were the inheritance of Eliezer, the priest, Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes, of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by Lot and Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end to dividing the country. Hmm. Joshua 20. The Lord also spoke, saying, speak to the children of Israel, saying, appoint yourselves cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. If, if, then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally but did not hate him beforehand and he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation of judgment 
and until the death of the one who is the high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city and in his own house. <clears throat> Sorry. Then the avenger of blood pursues him. He shall not deliver him to the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation of judgment and until the death of the one who is the high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled. Hmm. So they appointed Kadesh in Galilee, in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, Kerjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah. And on the other side of the Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness of the plain, from the plain of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead, from the tribe of Gad, Golan in Bashan, from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever kills a person accidentally might flee and not die by the hand of the avenger of the blood until he stood before the congregation. Joshua 21. Then the heads of the father's houses of the Levites came near to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the father's houses of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spoke to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded through Moses to give us cities to dwell in, which their common lands, which with their common lands for our livestock. So the children of Israel gave to the Levites from their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord, these cities and their common lands. Now the lot came. Now the lot came out of the families of the Kohathites and the children of Aaron, the priests who were of the Levites and 13 cities by lot from the tribe of Judah, from the tribe of Simeon and, the, and from the tribe of Benjamin. The rest of the children of Kohath had 10 cities by lot from the families of the tribes of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh. The children of Gershon had 13 cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Issachar, and from the tribe of Asher, and from the tribe of Naphtali, and from the tribe of, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and Bashan. The children of Merari, according to their children, had 12 cities from the tribe of Reuben, from the tribe of Gad, and from the tribe of Zebulon. And the children of Israel gave these cities to their common lands by lot to the Levites, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses. So they gave the tribe of the children of Judah and from the tribe of the children of Simeon, these cities which are designated by name, mm -hmm. which were the children of Aaron, one of the families of the Kohathites who were of the children of Levi, for their lots was their first. Then they gave them Kerjash Arba. Arba was the father of Anak, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah with the common land surrounding it. But the fields of the city and its villages they gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Thus, the children of Aaron, the priest, they gave Hebron with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer, Libna with its common land, Jatir with its common land, Eshtemoah with its common land, Halan with its common land, Debir with its common land, Ain with its common land, 
Judah with its common land, Beth Shemesh with its common land, Knights nine cities from those two tribes and from the tribe of Benjamin, Gibeon with its common land, Geba with its common land, Anathoth with its common land, Almon with its common land, four cities. All the cities of the children of Aaron, the priests, were 13 cities with their common lands. The families of the children of Koath, the Levites, the rest of the children of Koath, even had their the cities of their lot from the tribe of Ephraim. For they gave Shechem, Shechem sorry, with its common land in the mountain of Ephraim, a city of refuge for the slayer. Gezer with its common land. Kobzaim with its common land. Beth Haran with its common land. Four cities. And from the tribe of, uh, sorry, from the tribe of Dan, Eltica with its common land. Gibbethon with its common land. Aijalah with its common land. Gathrimon with its common land. Four cities. And from the tribe of Manasseh, Tanakh, its common land. Gathrimon with its common land. Two cities. All the cities with their common land were the rest of the families of the children of Koath. All the children of Gershon, of the families of the Levites, from the other side of the half-tribe of Manasseh, they gave Golan and Bashan its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer, and Be-Eshterah with its common land, two cities, from the tribe of Issachar, Kishion with its common land, Dabarath with its common land, Jarmuth with its common land, and En-Ganim with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Asher, Mishael with its common land, Abon with its common land, Helka with its common land, Rehob with its common land, four cities. And the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh in Galilee with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer. Hamondor with its common land, Kartan with its common land, three cities. All cities of the Gersherites, according to the families, were 13 cities with their common lands. And to the families of the children of Merari, the rest of the Levites from the tribe of Zebulon, Jokaneum with its common land, Kirtath with its common land, Dimna with its common land, and Halal with its common land, four cities. From the tribe of Bezer, its common land, Jahaz with its common land, Kedemoth with its common land, Mephaath with its common land, four cities. And the tribe of Gad, Ramoth, and Gilead with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer, Mahanaim with its common land, Heshbon with its common land, and Jazer with its common land, four cities in all. So all the cities up for the children of Israel, of Morari according to their families, the rest of their cities of the Levites were by their lot twelve cities. All the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were forty-eight cities with their common lands. Every one of those cities had a common land surrounding it. Thus were all these cities. Hmm. So the Lord gave to the children of Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers and took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. And the Lord commanded all their enemies into their land, into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came 
to pass. All came to pass. Hmm. Um, we're going to stop here. We have one more day of reading uh, through the book of Joshua. Um, we will we'll conclude Joshua on Monday. If you uh, if you have been here with us, right, you, you, you know what we're here to do. We've spent um, our weekday mornings together for half a Netflix episode a morning to read through the scripture. We've read through the entire New Testament together. There are those of you who've been here from the beginning. If, if you've been here from the beginning, just raise your hand real quick. Show me a hand emoji. Some of you have been here from the beginning. Some of you have been here when we had about seven or eight people who, who were on um, with us, uh, who were reading with us. Now, I've got, you know, uh, I've got over, you know, 300 of you on TikTok. And I've got now those of you on Facebook and on IG coming together to spend time in the reading of the word. And we have people from all around. Yes. I remember you, Sherry. I remember Sherry and I remember, um, Bub's mom, Nina. Yes. I remember beautiful sugar. You already know what time it is. Um, you guys have been here from the gate. And so you have gone through the entire new Testament with me and you've gone through the entire Old Testament with you, Jazzy Jack, Fur Mama, that's family right there. We've become a family in a lot of ways through the reading of the word, which has been really uh, profoundly uh, powerful. Um, it's been an incredibly encouraging endeavor to see so many of you now really, you know, taking on this task of reading the word. And I truly believe this, that the more people just spend time in reading the word, the more um, you become transformed by the word. You've been here since Exodus. That's what's up. That's awesome. We've got those of you who've been here from Genesis or from Exodus or from Leviticus, Numbers, uh, Deuteronomy. Um, and now we're about to finish Joshua tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, but Monday. We're going to be finishing through the book of Joshua. And I hope this has been an encouragement to you. And I hope that it's been empowering to you. And of course, we've only and, and really this is only with 20 minutes of reading, fam. Like this is literally we're we're generally reading for about 20 minutes. Right. I mean, let's if we'd be honest, we don't really get to 30 minutes. Rarely do we ever spend 30 minutes reading. We spend about 20 minutes and then I spend some time reflecting on whatever the Lord is leading me towards. And so that's to really show you guys how much scripture and how much Bible you can get through. Now, if you've missed any of it. Not a problem at all. We've got a Facebook group where we've been broadcasting as well. Um, our read and rants to our Facebook group. It's the font everywhere on Facebook. So go ahead and follow that group. You can catch up there. And I also made a podcast out of this because you guys were pushing me to do it. I made a podcast out of it. Um, and so it's the read and rant podcast where you can catch, um, you can start, you know, you can go back to those podcasts and you can catch up as we go. Um, Guys, we have, I think, I think we're somewhere near 4,000 um, people, um, you know, tuning into our podcast. That is incredible. 
um, to see, see so many people coming together simply for the reading of the word and the power that the reading of the word has. So I'm so encouraged by that. Like this was like two months ago that I started the podcast and now there's 4,000 people. That's incredible. But we have people from all around the world. The Facebook group name is The Font Everywhere. The Font Everywhere. So go ahead and, and, and check that out as well. Um, and so I, I just want to first begin by saying that I'm, this has been one of the most important endeavors for me as a believer. I grew not through, um, you know, seminary education or through um, any form of, you know, postgraduate education, but more simply through just my time in steeping into the word and studying the word. And then from there, I built it out and began to read so much more. Um, but the, but it, it began here. And when I began in the reading of the word, I want, I want you guys to understand this, that I began going, I have no idea what any of this is saying. I don't get it. None of it makes sense, but I'm just going to read it anyway. Okay. Um, the podcast, it's called the read and rant podcast. If you search it on Spotify or you can also search it on um, on Apple as well. So it's on iTunes, Apple, and Spotify. So you can check it out there. Um, but I can tell you guys that I I grew not from going to church on Sunday. That was good and all. It was encouraging. It helped me, you know, in my time to be just connected with the body of Christ and connected with other people. But my real growth didn't come from my from Sunday sermons. My real growth actually came from simply this, what you guys are doing here, my daily discipline in reading the word. I've been doing this for a long time, okay? And so if I've gotten to where I've gotten to, it's simply because I literally, all I do is I pull this up, I read it, and I ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? God, what are you revealing concerning me? Please help me understand your word. Uh, because I'm so limited in my understanding. I'm so limited in my wisdom. I'm so limited in knowledge. But Lord, if you could just reveal your heart to me, that's what I desire from you. And I made that my daily prayer when I read his word. And that's how I've gotten to where I've gotten to. And I, and I, and I hope you guys are beginning to see this happen in your own lives. And so now you're beginning to see God in a whole different light. Um, you're beginning to see his plan and his mission in a whole different light. I, I'm praying that this would transform, transform your lives, fundamentally transform your lives. Um, what I'm hoping that we've done, um, so encouraging to see that, Brina, and so encouraging. Um, what I'm hoping, because I know you've been here from from the gate, like from early on, so your your family as well. Um, this is what I'm hoping um, has happened as we've read through the Old Testament is what I hope you've done is, is as I've asked you to, I've asked you to just back away, right? And to read the scripture for what it's saying, not for what you're inserting into it. Not from what was preached to you over the years, not from what was taught to you over the years. Simply read what it says. Simply read it. As a matter of fact, um, I find that people who didn't grow up in church have an advantage over people who did when it comes to having biblical understanding. I find that people who didn't grow up on scripture um, have an advantage because they're not inserting all kinds of information into the scripture. They're simply taking what the scripture is saying and pulling out whatever it's saying. Okay. Um, but for many people who grew up in church or grew up in church culture or 
have been indoctrinated with some kind of theology because we all have ologies. Everybody has some kind of theology. Okay, you grew up. Some people grew up in uh, we'll call them progressive Christian churches, and then there's those who grew up in conservative Christian churches, and some of you grew up in Methodist churches, and others grew up in Pentecostal churches, and some of grew up in Word of Faith churches. Others grew up in Presbyterian churches, and some of you grew up in Baptist churches, and others grew up in the Assemblies of God, and everybody has a church that they grew up in, and every church has a doctrine, and every church has a theology, and, and every one of them has, you know, everybody grew up either in Ebenezer church, or us, this church, or that church, and everybody has something, or some view, and, and so a lot of times, because you grew up in those churches, you were indoctrinated from an early, or Roman Catholic, correct, you, or some of you grew up in a Roman Catholic church, so you were already indoctrinated with a theology, um, Roman Catholics, uh, you know, you have your catechisms. Presbyterians had their catechisms and catechesis, and and so you know, and then and then you know, for those who grew up in Baptist churches, you had Bible study, or oh, sorry, not Bible study, you had um, um, Sunday school. Not learning, not realizing that even in Sunday school, you were being indoctrinated with a theology. Or some of you uh, may have gone. So, so all, all this is to say is that you just understand that you have been programmed. This is all to say that. I'm going to get to my point here. But you have been programmed. Ooh, sword drills. Yes, sword drills. My man, I remember sword drills. Listen, all right, I'm, I'm just going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. Um, but but, but, but this, is, this is critical, guys, because this is, this is to say that you have, if you've grown up in the faith, which many have grown up in the faith, and some have grown up and left the faith. The thing is, is that you, you didn't you didn't actually leave uh, the faith. You left. You may have left a theology. You you actually may have left a doctrine. The thing is, is that you left the do, you left a doctrine, and you made God the doctrine. And because you didn't agree with the doctrine, then and you associated God with the doctrine. When you left the doctrine, you were left with a void. There are those of you now who have left church, and I'm just speaking into some things real quick, is you left church because you knew there was a disconnect in the doctrine. And because of the disconnect in the doctrine now, you walk away, but you don't walk away with anything. You walk away with a void. And now there's just a gap. So now what you what you leave with is emptiness. I know it's going to sound really weird for me to say it, but sometimes leaving the church actually hurts you even more. <laughs> even when the doctrine wasn't right, even if the church was abusive, even if because you left and you had nothing to fill it with except the hurt that you had experienced when you were there or the oppression or the manipulation or whatever it was, you walked away and then you, you were left with a gap. So what I'm inviting you to in the read and rant is I'm inviting you to deprogram to deprogram whatever has been indoctrinated in you, not walk away. Cause, okay, I'm, I'm I'm all over the place. But stay with me. This is this is a rant anyway. So you guys are just here to hear me rant. Um, you don't have to stay. If you've already done reading and you got what you needed, you can leave. But if you want to hang, you can hang. Um, but this is just to to speak into some things. I just feel the, the spirit really leading me into this. Is there are a lot of you who were programmed. 
And in the programming at your church, you were hurt because you realized that programming didn't lead you to freedom. That programming led you under a form of oppression. You walked away from the programming. Sorry, you walked away from the church, but you still have a programming. <laughs> you, you walked away from the church, but you're still programmed. You, you, you still, because you've been conditioned for so long to think a certain way and to live a certain way that now when you leave, you've left the church, but you still keep religion. Except now you don't have God, but you have religion. Just because somebody has religion doesn't mean they have God. I hear people who leave the church and they say, well, you know, I'm agnostic or, um, you know, I mean, I believe in, in God and, and, but I think that the way that I need to live now is I'm not going to, I'm not going to live this way. I'm, I'm just going to live to be the best person that I can be. I'm just going to do good and just be a loving person and care about people and be the best person I can be, do a lot of good, do very, very little bad and and just, you know, live my life. And I said, oh, so you're still religious. You walked away, but you still kept the programming. Digest that for a moment. There's a lot of us here who walked away from the church, but we still kept the programming of the church. We walked away from the church and yet we're still religious. The only difference is now is that we're left with a gap and we're left with a void. And so the void can only be filled with one of two things. Either you've made yourself God. So now you worship yourself or you've made a person or something, you know, God. And so you live under that principle. I find that most people who leave church still left with the programming. You left church, but you still have the programming. So you've made other things, God, but you still live under a religion. Do more good, do less bad, be the best person you can be. Um, and if you do bad, you know, and so what happens is, is that you realize that the person I spoke to not too long ago who um, I told him, well, okay, so, so what are you now? He said, well, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not religious. I'm not in any religion. And I told him, well, what, what are you? He said, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual atheist. And I said, How? that doesn't even make sense. That's, 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 that's contradictory. How can you acknowledge a thing that is invisible, that is the spirit, but then to say that you don't believe in something that is invisible, that is God? And so I was like, okay, so you don't believe in God. So how then, how do you live? And he explained to me all the things he does and how he lives. And I was like, man, that sounds like religion to me. It's just a different kind of religion. Atheism is a religion. It's just a religion and knowledge. God is, knowledge is your God, but you still serve it. Not realizing that knowledge is not knowledge, but knowledge is always built, built on faith. 
because if any if anybody knows this any all the greatest philosophers have all told us this if you take in a philosophy class you'll learn that in the end as you get to higher levels of thinking and philosophy you'll realize that we actually don't know anything you cannot know anything you do not know anything everything is believed <laughs> everything is believed nothing is known <laughs> and they will all tell you that 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 knowledge is relative knowledge is based off of what you choose to trust in and what you choose to believe again if you don't believe me on this take some philosophy classes we actually don't know anything and all the greatest philosophers have come to that conclusion so therefore even those of us who are atheists and there are atheists here that are really what you're really wrestling with is not the belief in god you're wrestling with the gap of how you've been indoctrinated in church. And now how do you live moving forward? Because whatever you were indoctrinated with, you know that ain't right. You know something is wrong with that. It doesn't connect. It isn't right. And therefore now you leave with a void and you're trying to create a new religion to make sense of your life. And this is why atheism is a religion. So I started this read and rant to invite you to deprogram, to throw away everything that you may have been programmed with, everything that you've been indoctrinated with. And man, programming isn't easy. That's why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's literally saying, you need a whole, you need a new mind. Like you're, you're going to need to deprogram. You're going to need to, to throw it all away. And for many of us who grew up in church, we're going to need to throw it all away. If we're going to truly understand what the scripture is saying and truly understand what the scripture was for and truly understand. So for those who never grew up in church, Wow, that was a long rant to get to this point. But for those of you who who never grew up in church, you may have an advantage in that you're now able to read this, right? You're able to read this text and you're able to read it from an objective stance with nothing to insert into it other than what it's actually saying. Now, if you grew up in church and walked away from church and you say that you're atheist, I, I still think you're at a disadvantage. You're going to need to deprogram because you're still, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm here and I need to, I need to really bear down on this because for many of you, you're still, you're, you're still judging what you're reading on the backdrop of the experience that you had in the church that you grew up in. There's a lot of questions that we have, which are really rooted in the hurt of what we've experienced in our churches. And because of how we've been hurt by our churches and how we've been offended by the people who are in our churches. And some of you have been profoundly, profoundly hurt by people who call themselves Christians. And you said, no, this can't be God. And yet now when you hear someone open a Bible and read it, you have Package them all into that same category. Because again, 
you haven't deprogrammed yourself yet. You're still bringing that. As a matter of fact, most athe- most atheists in the U.S. their atheism didn't come out of religious apathy. Their atheism came out of religious hate. It didn't come out of being apathetic to the Christian faith. It came out of their hate and response to what happened to them when they were in church. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm profoundly sorry for what happened to you because it should not have happened. It should never have happened. And to be quite honest, and if I can be quite frank, there are a lot of churches that are full, with, full of people, but those people aren't really Christians. America is characterized by what I call a cultural, consumeristic, contractual Christianity. That is not what the Christian faith was all about. Christianity became an institution at the Roman Empire, which built and constructed the Roman Catholic which, which, which instituted the Roman Catholic Church. So it's called the Roman Catholic Church. It became an institution. Then it went to the, then it went westward to the UK and to, to Europe. Due to the propagation of the Roman Empire, they pushed out the institution of church and snuck in a little bit of faith and a little bit of doctrine and scripture, but it wasn't the church that was born that we saw was born in the upper room when the Holy Spirit breathed out on the disciples. The church was born in Northern Africa and Western Asia. The church grew in Northern Africa and grew out in the Mediterranean and grew out to West Asia and grew out to Asia Minor and then it went to Rome and it became an institution. And that church then went to the United States and it became a business. But now I believe that the church is leaving the U.S., because what happened is it, be, it became a business in the United States and the United States becoming the new empire propagated its ideology, its Western ideology on the rest of the world as to what Christianity was and what Christianity is. And after it's propagated all throughout the world through what we called evangelism and mission, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, evangelism and mission was really eminent domain. It was pushing and prostrating our philosophies and theologies on people and putting Christianity at the front. It was indoctrination. And so now this business way of thinking of the Christian faith, this institutionalization of the Christian faith is what we've seen. But there's something happening, you see, the business is falling apart. The institution isn't holding up anymore. And because the institution isn't holding up anymore and the business is falling apart, 
what God is doing now is, is he's rebirthing the church. The church is going back and the church is becoming a relationship again. The church is becoming what the church was always intended to be, which was a people. Everywhere they say that the church is declining, there's a decline in the Christian church. There's a decline in the Christian church. The Christian church is declining. We see a decline in attendance as if we measure church success by how many people show up to your mega building. And so we see a decline. There's a decline here. There's a decline there. So it's just declining. It's declining. Why? Because offerings are going down as if that was a measure of church success in the first place. Oh, there's a decline in the church. There's a decline in the church because of, and so people talk about this and what they're not realizing is the church isn't dying. The church is becoming what it was supposed to be in the first place. It's actually a rebirth. Everything that you were that you grew up on was the institution of Christianity. But it wasn't the Christian faith. By every measure, if we measure, if we use if we use God's success measure of success for the church, our church has been dying a long time ago. Our church was dying decades ago. It's just that now we see the business of church falling apart. And because the business of church is falling apart, we say that, oh, the church is declining. The church is in decline. The church is dying. No, the church was dying a long time ago. Why do I bring all this up? Because there are a lot of you who, when you hear Christianity, what you're hearing is the American church. And what I'm inviting you to do is as you read the scripture is to back up and stop inserting all the theologies that you were indoctrinated with to read this text and to simply read the text for what it says. And if you read the text for what it is saying, you'll begin to see that there's a lot of stuff that you were just assuming was being said about this text, which the text never really said. You'll begin to understand that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy is actually not the law, like how Christians are, have, how they taught you. This is the law. Well, it is the law, but not a law unto you, but a law under the Hebrew Israelites. It was never for the Gentiles. When you begin to read it, you get, you're gonna begin to see that this is actually not a book of rules but a story of what God is doing through a people for all people. You'll begin to read it. And when you back up from it, you're going to say, hold on a second. This is actually God revealing his heart and his plan for human beings in this world. You're going to read it and go, wait a second. This has been a story up to this point. This has not been a law. Did you see that? This has not been a law. It hasn't. Have you read any laws yet? Or did you read laws that were given to a people? Have you, remember, you gotta back up. Don't insert yourself, okay? Don't insert yourself into the text. Now, when you deprogram, you start seeing that there's a lot more here going on than what I've been taught. 
I've been told to read this and Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, there's the Ten Commandments. These are laws that I ought to follow, but you didn't read it. These were laws given to our children. And after they received the law, they still couldn't enter into the presence of God because the law was never good enough for them to enter into the presence of God. And the law was never the means by which you go to heaven or hell. The law was not the means by which a person goes to heaven or a person goes to hell. As a matter of fact, this hasn't even been about heaven and hell. Has anybody seen that yet? <laughs> this, has, this is not what this is about. This is not what this book is about. This book is not about what are the things I need to do and not do so that I can go to heaven or go to hell. That's not what this is about. I haven't read it yet. But rather, it's a story about a people and a promise that was made to the children of Israel. And this promise that was made, a law was given to them. And in that law, he gave them the law, of the atonement, that through the blood sacrifice, that they can remain in the presence of God. They practice a sacrificial law because they've been given access to God that even though they were continually unholy and unrighteous, they were still able to enter into the presence of God. We see now them navigating through a story. And now we get to Joshua. And what Joshua is, is Joshua is the culmination of God's promise. It was a fulfillment of God's promise to these people. If there's anything I want you to do, if, there, if there's anything, it's not that the law isn't important. The law wasn't written to you. We need to know what the implications of the law is and the purpose of the law. The law was not meant to save you. The law cannot save you. Does anybody understand that? The law cannot save you. Okay? But the law, the purpose of the law was not to save you. The purpose of the law was to reveal what does a law do? A law reveals a government. <laughs> a law reveals a government. The law was meant to reveal the kingdom of God. The law reveals the holiness of God. And in that law, God put amendments because we could not fulfill this law. Not a single human being could fulfill the law. So therefore, the kingdom was fulfilled through one who would fulfill the law. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but Jesus said, I came to fulfill it because the Hebrews could not be what the Hebrews were called to be. So one had to become a Hebrew to be the Hebrews that the Hebrews could not be. So that all men through him can receive the blessing of God. This is about a government. That's why when the scriptures say that, that the government was upon his shoulders. Guys, this is about God establishing his government on earth. And God is establishing this government on earth through these people. The Bible is a storybook. It's a historical storybook. It is not a book of rules. <laughs> it's a historical storybook. And when you begin to understand it in that depth, then you begin to understand who Yeshua was. When you begin to understand it in that in that when you begin to understand it in that depth and in that breadth, then you can begin to understand 
what Yeshua accomplished, what Jesus accomplished. Joshua's name is Yeshua. It's already nine? When does that happen? Goodness gracious. Um, okay, well, we're here. Um, Joshua's name is Yeshua. Jesus' name is Yeshua. And we see that Joshua is, 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 is bringing a new people into a new land. God is establishing his government on a land. And Joshua has been called to administrate it. We've gotten to this point now. And in this part of the text and in this part of our reading, some would say this is pretty tedious. It's kind of boring. I get it. It's like you're reading. It's, it's, it's literally he's mapping out the land that has been given to them. So what you're reading here, guys, and I don't know if Ellison and Izzy are here, but I hope they are. Because now we're getting to the point here is what we've read today is we're reading the fulfillment of a promise. We're reading a fulfillment of a promise that God is fulfilling in these children of of uh, in the children of Israel. Good. Thank you. Va. What you just read, as much as it was very tedious, was literally them now breaking apart and mapping out how they were going to divide this land that was given to them. God promised them this land and now they're in the land and now they are mapping out how they're going to divvy the land out. And notice here that the land's being divided by tribes, by tribes. These tribes, right, were tribes that were formed out of the children of Israel. You had um, and the children of Israel, Israel had 12 sons. Israel had 12 sons. And these 12 sons each now had a family. And each of those families became tribes. So you had 12 tribes. However, among the tribes, notice what he says over and over again. God called the Levites. The Levites would be set aside to be the tribe of priests. And because they were the tribe of priests, their inheritance was the presence of God. Their inheritance was the calling of the priesthood. And because they were called into the priesthood, they didn't get any land. There was no land for them. Stay with me now. So now you would say there's 11 tribes, but it isn't 11 tribes because two tribe, one, one of the sons was Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph, right? Who also is a type of Christ, but Joseph, became two nations, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so those two now replaced and made the 12 tribes. Now you've got 12 regions and those 12 regions, there was on the east side of the Jordan, on the west side of the Jordan. When you crossed over the Jordan, when once they crossed over the Jordan, there was all this land and all this land was being divvied up. And that's what we see here. We're reading how this land was being divvied up. This would have been a really great exercise if you would sit there and like map it out and actually look at those points and actually draw out the borders because that's what's happening here. He's drawing out the borders of the land to, to, to explain to them who gets what 
as it pertains to the land. But there was one thing that's particularly interesting. Remember that this land was a land that was for a long period of time consumed by war. When the children of Israel came into this land, they went to war with the Canaanites. Blood was shed. Battles were fought. There was a lot of pain and a lot of suffering on this land. And finally, the time came when there was victory that now they would divvy up that land. And in divvying up that land, not only did the 12 tribes get land, each got their portion of land. And we could talk about all the minutiae of, of it all, but that's not what we're here to do. Okay. We're not here to do that. However, there's, there's a part, there's two particular things that I want you to see in this land. In this land, not only was there divided among them, 12 partitions, each for each tribe that came from the 12 sons of Israel. But there was also what you call common land and there were cities of refuge. This almost sounds like a Bible study, but stay with me. We're reading about the common land and the cities of refuge. That even though the land was divided, there was still a portion of land that was set aside. It was still theirs, but they left room, three cities of refuge for those who may have unintentionally con killed someone, right? Unintentionally, you know, manslaughter, unintentional manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. In those days, if you killed someone, you were automatically killed. Vengeance was yours. But there were cities of refuge that those who, who killed someone unintentionally could run to and find safety until they stand before the congregation and were judged as to whether or not the killing was intentional or unintentional. You with me? Notice what's happening here. We're seeing a legal system instituted. And not only were there cities of refuge, but there was common land. The common land was the land that they allowed the Levites to live in to fulfill the calling and the mandate of administrating the atonement and the sacrifice. So what's happening here is after all the debauchery, after all the barbarism, after all the over-sexuality and the, the, sorry, the overt sexuality and the uh, sensuality, after all the sexism and um, racism, after all of that, that consumed this land, there was a battle and blood was shed on this land. And after blood was shed on this land, a new government was instituted that looked nothing like any other government in its time. God was establishing his kingdom on this land. And this is how God rules. God's rule is one that is, first of all, God's plan wasn't to pull you out into heaven. 
We talked about this already. This whole heaven and hell, follow the Bible, the rules in the Bible, and you'll go to heaven. Don't follow the rules in the Bible, you go to hell. That's not what the Bible's about. I hope by now you understand that. Okay? <clears throat> but rather now, it was about God establishing his rule on earth, his government, his justice. You see, they understood it. The ancient Hebrews understood it as the kingdom of God. And in it were common lands. And in the common lands were cities of refuge. Remember I said this, that God is writing the story of all humanity through a people. We're reading this text and God is writing the story of our lives. And he's writing the story of, of, of our destinies through these people. And I read that today and I'm asking, well, God, what are you revealing to me? And this is what God is revealing to me. Sorry if I took all that time and it took me this long to get here. But this is what God is, is really addressing in me today as I'm reading his scripture. Is the 12 tribes divvied up the land, but in the land that they owned, they left common land. And in the common land, there were cities of refuge and there was a place for the priest to live. I think about all the things that God has given me. And I want you to think about all the things that God has given you. And I want you to ask this question, and this is really what God is convicting me of today. Is, have you left common land in your life? Like, do you have common land in your life? common land or is everything you own yours it's all mine mine this land is ours we read this and this land he gives it to the Reubenites he gives it to the the leave well, not the Levites but the, the, the Danites and, and all the other all the other tribes had land but even in their land what have you been reading those these last few chapters they receive the land but then in their land, they carved out common land. And this common land surrounded their land. Not only did the common land surround their land, the common land surrounded every one of their cities in their land. Watch this. Joshua 21, verse 41. All the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel are 48 cities with their common lands. Every one of these cities had a common land surrounding it. Thus were these cities. The Levites owned nothing because the Levites were a nation of priests. They were called to be the tribe of priests, to be the mediators of the presence of God and to fulfill the calling of the sacrificial law the atonement law to manage and maintain God's presence in their life. And yet each one of them was given common land, common land, family, common land. Every one of the tribes had common land. For those who committed unintentional sins, 
to find a place of refuge and to leave room for the priests to administrate the presence of God in their lives and in their city. Do you have common land family? I'm asking this as a word of conviction because I'm convicted of this today. That do I surround my possessions with common land? Are you hearing this? Do I surround my possessions with common land? Or do I give to God? Because there's some of us who are, we, we sometimes are generous, but our generosity is very exclusionary. It's not inclusionary. When I ask, do you have common land in your life? Meaning, is there a permanent place where God resides? Where the will of God resides? Where the priests, because now we have a, we have a better priest. We have a, we have a greater priest. We don't need to go to a priest. We already have Christ. So now my question is, is do we have a place at all times where Christ resides in us, in our cities? And when I say our cities, meaning every dimension of your life, does Christ reside in every dimension of your life? Does Christ reside in every dimension of your family? Does Christ reside in how you parent your children? Does Christ reside in how you run your business? Does Christ reside? Are you being driven? Because sometimes what we do is, is we think we're doing God's work if we just give a tithe and an offering and then we go and we go about our lives. But notice in this text that the common land surrounded the cities and the common land was in all of the tribes. The common land was everywhere. It wasn't just a place, but the common land was reserved in each and every critical place. And my question is, is where's our common land? Do we have common land in everything we do? Do we have common land in all our territory? Do we have common land in our home? And notice that the common land was not just land. We just read all of it. So you can, you can go back and read it again. But the common land was not just land for the priests. But it was also land for the offenders. Do we have common land for the offenders of our lives? We see the promise of God being fulfilled, but even though God gave his promise, he said, set aside common land. Today, family, set aside common land. Not, 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 not to go to heaven or for righteousness or for anything, but to actually enjoy the presence of God. Notice the common land was so that the presence of God could remain in their life. The presence of God in all of their lives came through the priests and the sacrifice and yet they had they needed common land to do that so let the history of the children of God inform your life let the history of the children of Israel inform your life today let their history inform to you today in the same way God blessed them and asked them to reserve common land 
Reserve common land, family. Reserve it. Reserve common land in your marriage. Reserve common land in your relationship. Reserve common land in your finances. Reserve common land. Make sure the presence of God is residing in that. God bless you guys. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you, Lord, of uh, the word of conviction, the word of revelation. We thank you that you've allowed us just this time to really talk into deeper things, Lord. There are some who are here right now, Lord, that are struggling with their faith. Some who don't have faith. There are those who don't have faith, but they still have religion. Now, there are those who don't believe in God, but they're still religious. There are those who believe in God and are religious. Father, we come today, Lord, asking you to break religion. We come before you today asking that we'd be removed from the veil of the pain of our past. Whatever we'd learned or experienced from the church, Father, let us be sober-minded to be able to discern between church and you. To be able to discern between what we've experienced and who you are. To be able to make sense of whatever it is, whatever trauma, whatever pain that we have experienced from church. (laughs) And Lord, to be able to deprogram from that and to be reprogrammed again and informed in you. Father, I pray for your spirit, Lord, that would Lord, help us unpack these things. Father, I pray for visitation for those who right now are struggling through the deeper questions of faith. Struggling through how to reconcile faith with pain. How to lead through that. Father, I just ask right now that you would embrace, Lord, those who are here right now who this is a continual battle. Father, I pray for healing. As I come before you today, Lord, I I pray also for relational healing. Um, Healing from those who they've been hurt by with people in the church. Um, I pray for healing for people who have been hurt by church leaders. Who have been abused by church leaders. Lord, those who profess to know you, but really did not Father I pray for those right now who Lord are just dealing with just how to reconcile the people that they trusted who said that they heard from you and instead that they were profoundly infringed upon and And I just ask at this moment, Lord, that you would bring healing. Lord, we know that you are a healer. Father, I ask right now that you would heal them in this moment, Lord. I pray that you would allow, Lord, a new reflection of your love. Father, I pray that you pour out your spirit right now. Lord, pour out your spirit upon them, Lord God. I pray today, Father, for the spiritual atheist, Lord, who has not yet been able to 
really identify where they are, except they know only where they are in relation to what has happened to them. Father, I pray, Lord, that they would not be against anything, but, Father, that they would be for you. I pray, though, that they'd be, they'd receive a new revelation. Lord, to know, Lord, that maybe there was a time of deception. Uh, but ignorance is deception. And, Father, I just pray that you would give a new revelation. I thank you, Lord, even in this moment. Lord, that you're doing a work right now. You're doing a work in some hearts right now, Father. I thank you. I thank you for each and every individual, each and every person who's here, Father. I thank you. I thank you that the revelation of Christ is being revealed. So, Father, I ask, Lord, do as you please. Move through them. And I ask that in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Family, I love you all. Um, I'm praying for you all. And I want those who have gone through a lot of hurt and pain I'm not saying try church. It's actually delete all of it. If you've been hurt by it, delete all of it. Just start with this word. I'm telling you, it will set you free. It will set you free. Then you'll get to know who God really is and what God really is, not the things that that you've heard people say about God. I will close by saying this. Because I do feel a certain burden this morning just to keep... I'm going to stay in prayer on this as I'm preparing for my message for Sunday. Because um, I need to spend some time preparing for my message on Sunday. But I, 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 I'm really... I'm, I'm praying for this. Um, I'm praying for healing for a lot of you. Um, I'm praying for healing for a lot of you. I, you know, I... I've heard so much. And I've sat down with a lot of people and I've heard a lot about what a lot of people say about Christianity or about the church. You know, there are things that people say like, you believe in some God in the sky that tells you everything you need to do. And I go, who told you that? <laughs> and I realized that a lot of people, their, their position on Jesus, on Christ, their position on faith, is actually just a position against the church. They never really knew God and they never knew Jesus. And whatever someone said to them never really explained it to them well and helped them understand it. So for those people, I've learned to love them and have a special grace for them because they're actually not mad at Jesus. I want you guys to understand that. I'm just speaking prophetically because there's some people who are here right now who know exactly what I'm talking about. There's some of you right now, you're, you're really mad. You think you're mad at Jesus and you're mad at God and you're mad at whatever this Christian God is. But actually, that's not what you're mad at. You're mad at what somebody explained Jesus to be. That's what you're mad at. You're angry at what somebody told you about whatever Jesus they presented to you. So yeah, I have grace. What you're mad at, I'm probably mad at it as well. <laughs> and I've learned that from conversations that I had with people. The things that they hate about Christianity or they hate about Jesus, I go, yeah, I hate that too. They're mad because you want to know something? That presentation of Jesus doesn't lead to life. It leads to death. So I want to just invite you. If you're here, I know some of you are here and you're like, man, I'm 
I don't even know why I'm still on here. I just, I see it. I sense it. I see it. I see it. There are those of you right now that are saying, I don't even know why I'm still on this, on this chat. I don't know why I'm still on this call. I don't know why I'm still on this live. I don't know why I'm here. I came to say to you, stick with it. Stick with it. Start over, like literally start over, then make your judgment. That's my invitation to you. Start over. Everything you read, start over. Then make your judgment. Keep coming. Listen, J Light, keep coming. Keep coming. Everything they told you probably wasn't it. And so that's what you're mad at. So keep coming. Keep coming. I want all the atheists, keep coming. All the agnostics keep coming. All the 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 anti-church people keep coming. All the man church is fake. This Jesus thing ain't real. God is some mystical guy in the sky. I saw somebody who said something about, you know, is God a Marvel superhero? Keep coming. Keep coming. Cause this is and that's why I, I hope I hope nobody muted that person because I want that person to hear this. Keep coming. Legit. Keep coming. Because Somebody may have told you that. So let's talk about what he is. <laughs> so keep coming. I love you guys. Um, I love all of you, truly. And um, that's great. I'm glad. Uh, we don't want to mute people like that because, and, and I want to say this as well. Um, I know I got to go, but I want to say this as well. For those of you who are believers and you're just growing in your understanding of scripture, I know I know. There's, I've gotten messages from guys who have gone to, 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 to seminaries and they're like, I wish I just came to your class. <laughs> or, and I'm like, well, I'm not a seminarian at all. Um, but there are those of you who are well-versed in scripture who are here for encouragement. There are those of you who are, uh, I've got some messages from some theologians. Some have agreed and disagreed with me and they send messages to me. And I love the, the conversation that I have with them. Um, there are some pastors who are here as well. There are some elders, there's some prophets, some deacons. There are all kinds of people who are here. Um, I want, I want to just encourage you real quick. Can I just say this real quick that there are people who are coming on here and I just want you to have a heart for those people. There are people coming on here and what they say can sound. I'm just teaching wisdom right now. There are some people, they're just here to distract. They're here to cause problems. They're here to cause issues. I, listen, I knew those people quick. Okay. There are people who don't care to understand, don't care. Any, but there are also people who are here. Okay. There are people who are here who, what they say may sound condescending, but if you hear the heart of what they're saying, then you'll understand that really the issue that they have is what they've been taught for so long about what God is and who God is and what Jesus is all about, what Christianity is all about. And for that person, you need to give them grace. You need to. I, I can't say this enough. I know it's like there's, there's a few hundred of you right now on TikTok and I know I see them. By the way, I see there's some there's some people here. Who they say some stuff that sounds condescending, that can sound offensive. I just want to say this real quick for a lot of you who are believers and and you're just here to because this this has been very encouraging to you. When you see people post these things and you see people message these things, and they're still here listening as well, is they're gonna judge you by how you respond. Okay? We're not here to be right. You understand that? We're not here to be right. Okay? 
We need discernment. We're not here to be right. We're actually here to reveal our faith in Jesus Christ. So there are going to be people who disagree. There are going to be people that are going to say things that may sound condescending. Please discern where it's coming from. Okay? You have to discern where it's coming from. My conversations at coffee tables have been mostly, when I talk to a lot of atheists or agnostics, my conversations with them are mostly related to bad theology that was given to them and oppressive church leaders. They're not talking out of what they've concluded. They're simply talking out of their pain. And there's some of you, you know, say, well, who's this guy? Does he have a cape? And this and this and that. You have to understand, there are people who have taught them a God that is like this. Okay? There are people who've taught with a God that, that a God is like this. So instead, love them. Okay? And allow them just to listen. So I just want to invite you just to listen. Whatever they said, if somebody told you that, look, just stick with me. We're just going to read. We'll read what it says. After we're done, go about your life. Go about your day. If you don't agree with it, you're not with it. Listen, I can't save a single person. Only the Holy Spirit can. Okay? And so I'm just here. Um, yes, it's my covering. Praise God. Yeah, Teresa. I love that. All right, guys. So anyway, I will see you guys um, on Monday. We're going to finish Joshua on Monday. God bless you guys. Love you all.